let's talk about why you need a master plan. It is so easy to get overwhelmed at the start of a big planned renovation. Especially if you're a first-time homebuyer, you have a host of new demands on your time and energy. Adding the stress of a home renovation can be a lot. Bear with me though. Sitting down to make a master plan for your renovation can really help you clarify what you want and steer the path to your ideal future home. Hey, welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. This will be the final episode of season one. You are listening to episode seven. Quick recap. Over the course of this season, we've talked about the why of a mid-century remodel, how MCM homes can be really well-suited to modern families, but also why it can be an extra challenge to do justice to your home's mid-mod character in a remodel. Then we did a deep dive into the history of MCM housing, what came before, why people wanted modern homes in the first place, and some of the key design figures who influenced our favorite housing style, Cliff May, Joe Eichler, and my hometown guy, I won't say hero, Mr. Frank Lloyd Wright. We talked about how life has changed since the middle of the last century, and why we almost always need to make a few careful updates to a house that was intended to enclose our grandparents' way of life. Then I ran you through a few key features of the Midwestern Ranch. Regional specificity is so important to understanding why your home is the way it is, and I don't think that the middle American variant of the mid-mod home gets enough bandwidth. That's kind of why I do what I do. I took a sidestep into Roman history to explain how to use the Vitruvian Triad to ensure you're covering all the bases with your planned remodel, making sure it will be sturdy and functional as well as beautiful by the time you're done with it. And finally, last week we identified the various levels of a mid-century remodel and talked about how to figure out where you and your home fall on that spectrum of remodeling intensity. All of this comes together today. I want to chat with you about the importance of having a master plan for your mid-mod remodel and how you can go about setting one up for yourself. You can transform yourself from lost and adrift in the overwhelming possibilities of a home remodel to a proud homeowner ready to go with peace of mind that you are making the right choices for yourself and your mid-century home. A good remodel all comes down to the master plan. Pulling this together can be a challenge, but I'm going to spend this whole episode walking you through some of the crucial elements you need to set yourself up for success. If it all feels like a bit much by the end, I'm also here to offer more hands-on design help. This whole season is brought to you by the Mid-Century Solutions Package, my customized master plan service. I've helped new homeowners just settling into their spaces, young families planning for expansion, and empty nesters looking to reconfigure their loved-up and lived-in home into a peaceful, inspiring two-person household. I work with homeowners to solve the design problems they bring me, and also to identify ways they hadn't even considered to tune up their mid-century homes. Find information about the Mid-Century Solutions Package, as well as detailed show notes, links, images, and more at midmod-midwest.com slash 107. Okay, let's talk about why you need a master plan. It is so easy to get overwhelmed at the start of a big planned renovation. Especially if you're a first-time homebuyer, you have a host of new demands on your time and energy. Adding the stress of a home renovation can be a lot. Bear with me though, sitting down to make a master plan for your renovation can really help you clarify what you want and steer the path to your ideal future home. There are too many options, the choices are infinite and expensive, and it's hard to know what the best solution for your particular house is. Plus, it drives me nuts how HGTV leads people to believe that home makeovers are easy and painless and happen over a weekend, but then experience will teach you that this doesn't actually work. All of this can make you feel frustrated and stymied. Worse, decision fatigue can lead you to spend too much on the wrong things in the middle of the process. It's so common to look back at the end of a reno and feel like there were things you threw money at just because you were worn out and tired, but also a few key things you turned down impulsively in the moment that now you wish you could add. 
It's never as easy to do them as in that moment when they were the right decision. Set yourself up for success with a complete master plan to your home remodel in hand. You'll have peace of mind that you're making the right remodeling decisions for the right reasons. As we've discussed, there are two big risks with an MCM remodel. Avoid the dual tragedies of spending the time, money, and effort of a major remodel only to end up with a house you don't love, or unintentionally erasing the character of your mid-century home. You can end up with a mid-mod remodel of your Instagram fantasies that is actually comfortable to live in and easy to maintain, plus it can fit within your budget. How? Well, it comes down to this. You want to be the person with the strongest vision for your home. Your vision is embodied in your master plan, and it should include, one, a clear understanding of where you're starting out. Remember, you need to be the expert in your home. Two, you need a really strong vision for the overall style of the house. Having a big picture goal in mind will help you answer every smaller question that comes up along the way. Three, break down your biggest priorities. Again, this isn't something that a realtor, architect, or contractor can tell you. It's not about resale value, unless that is the most important thing in your life. It is about your life and your lifestyle. Four, once you've established all of that, start gathering ideas. This is when you hit Pinterest and Instagram. Sketch your ideas. They don't have to be pretty, just to remind you what you had in mind. Gather a collection of inspiration and then annotate the heck out of it so that you and others know what you're trying to accomplish with each one. Five, you do need a rough floor plan. Pen and paper on graph paper. Pen on graph paper is just fine. Make multiple copies so you can make notes all over this too. And finally, boil your whole process down to a couple of powerful guidelines, mantras, or rules that you'll follow. This is especially important if you're remodeling as a couple. All right, let's get into these items in more detail. First, you need a clear understanding of your own home. What type of house is it? A ranch? A raised ranch? Split level? What year was it built? What do you know about its history? Who built it? Who's owned it? How many times has it turned over? What renovations have been done over the years? You'll want to go down to the city and look up any records that have been pulled for previous permits. If there's been work done on the house without permits, you want to be aware of that as well. Now start walking through the house. Make a list of your home's key features. What does it have that you love? What does it have that you like? What could be preserved? What's in poor condition but might have some interesting mid-century character if you could replicate or tune it up? You'll want to have a floor plan with key dimensions. If you want help with putting together some of this detailed information, I recommend that you check out my DIY home assessment workbook. It'll walk you through the whole process of gathering all of these bits together, and it'll give you some advice on how to create a useful working floor plan. But you also want to be aware of other qualities like any unsafe retro materials. Safety first. With any mid-century home, you want to make sure you're proceeding safely. Uh, retro Renovation has a great warning about this included on the top of their webpage and on every single blog post. You'll also want to document your house visually. This is so easy in the days of digital cameras. Go around your house and take so many photos. Again, if you download the Home Assessment Workbook, I have a list of the key photos you want to keep in your phone. Make an album and have those ready to pull up and show to any friend, neighbor, or salesperson or contractor that you talk about, talk to your house about. Ideally, you will also have actually lived in the house for a while. This will give you expert knowledge about what it's like to be there at various times of day, how it feels to move through the spaces, the light switch you always reach for that just doesn't exist where it ought to, the way you have to go back and forth between the kitchen and the bedroom too many times during a morning routine. All of this information will come together 
later in the design process, but putting it in one place at the beginning of the process and, for example, knowing about any key materials, either with photos or small samples, woodwork colors, pieces of stone that's decorating the house, what kind of brick you might have, if you have any paint colors or wallpaper samples that you want to keep during your renovation, have images or samples of those. Keep all of this with you. Anytime you go chat with a salesperson in a showroom, a potential contractor, or another home expert, you want to give them a little background on the house and identify those key features. Again, this will all be so much easier if you download my DIY home assessment workbook. It's a painless way to gather all of the information and more in one easy to reference place. Then we'll talk about vision. Okay, so you wanna have a strong vision for the overall style of the house. Figure out if you're a preservationist or if you're looking to hybridize. No judgment here. Do you troll through the local Habitat for Humanity Restore looking for vintage outlet covers and authentic Pickwick Pine paneling to finish off your basement rumpus room? Or are you flipping through the CB2 and West Elm catalogs looking for classy end tables with graceful tapered legs, but planning a modern overhaul of your less than social kitchen? Once again, there's a spectrum. All the options are great, but knowing where you fall will help you identify the best resources, both online and in real life, and help you communicate your ideas to the specialists you work with. If you aren't sure where you fall on the spectrum, try my mid-century style quiz. Your result comes with a customized report that points you in the direction of your mid-century sub-style. Next, you'll need to put together a big list of your priorities, the major areas or tasks that are most important to the way you experience your home. This could include a kitchen update, new flooring, lead remediation. It should include rough sketches with written descriptions and a lot of inspirational images. You'll want to put together a collection of the mid-century details and materials you want to incorporate. Look, I'm no purist. I totally respect the work of retro-renovation and other historic preservation groups. I'm a big believer in doing what suits you. But I also believe in matching your home to your own needs. I want to advocate for preserving mid-century character and features in your house wherever you can. Thinking about materials and even the layout can have a huge effect on the way the house does or doesn't feel related to its mid-century roots. So make sure whatever you do to change your house, you don't strip out its mid-century character. As I've mentioned so many times before, you need to make sure the house works for you. You don't have to be completely consistent throughout the house. You might leave some areas perfectly intact, like a vintage and charming living room, but you might take a more contemporary approach in the most functional areas of the house, like the kitchen, the bathrooms, or the mudroom entry. Establish your remodeling priorities. I've never met a client who didn't have a budget. To win the remodeling game, you have to figure out where you want to focus your attention, effort, and pocketbook. So do some soul searching, figure out what you really prize about your home, and what you desperately want to get out of your renovation. Are you dying for square footage, screaming for a new kid's bedroom, growing your home business into its own office, or are you eager to improve everything while keeping it exactly the size it is? Hint, the tax assessors won't care if you just add a few square feet, but make your layout entirely more open and effective. They will hike your tax bill if you double the house's footprint in the remodel. They don't charge based on how much you love your house. If you're looking for maximum mid-mod luxury or trying to keep yourself for a thrifted DIY aesthetic, you're gonna have different priorities through the house. You may wanna write these things down on an index card, Put it on your phone wallpaper and remind yourself on a monthly, weekly, or hour-by-hour -hour basis to make sure your process doesn't spiral out of control. In any case, you want to figure out what are the most important elements of your remodel. If you have a limited budget for your project, you want to put your money where it matters most to you. If you're a kitchen goddess, you want to focus your resources on a full update to a modern functional kitchen. If you hardly cook, you may want to restrain yourself to a few cosmetic updates to the kitchen and focus instead on a bathroom where you need transformative morning rituals or the den where you host kick-ass pizza and movie nights every Friday. 
figuring out what's necessary for your best life and what your home needs most, that's a Venn diagram, is half the battle in a successful design process. Okay, now the fun part. Once you know your home, have a sense of what style or model you're interested in, and have at least started whittling down your scope to the parts of the house that really matter, you can let yourself loose and go nuts looking for inspiration. Pinterest and Instagram will be your friends here. Gather your ideas from everywhere and then organize the heck out of them. If you like online, you should organize Pinterest pins into categories, then comment on each one to remind yourself what drew you to that image in the first place. If you like organizing on paper, print everything out and annotate the heck out of them. Dream big dreams here. You can cut yourself back down to size later. You do need a floor plan. Regardless of your artistic ability, you need at least a rough floor plan for this process. Make an as-built plan that shows the house as it is right now and then photocopy it. Try out alternative layouts with pencil or on trace paper. If you're tech savvy, there are a ton of room visualization apps out there. I actually prefer to build my own model with Google SketchUp and get different views of the house that way. It's a little bit higher end uh, intensity, but whatever helps you visualize the various possibilities will be a win for you. Show these plans to your friends, your mom, your cousin who took a drafting class, get loads of input on this, and be ready to update it often. Finally, establish your design guidelines. You can actually create these at any stage in the process, but I think they are really the secret to success for both your own satisfaction and to help you communicate your wishes and needs to everyone involved in the remodel. They are especially valuable when you are remodeling with a partner. As an architect, I've been a de facto couples counselor many times. Helping to diffuse the tension that comes up when two people disagree about their design priorities or style choices is part of the job. There's usually a middle ground. Find it and stick to it. But keeping your design mottos in mind can help even if you're remodeling alone. Take the time to come up with a couple of guidelines or mantras for your remodel and save yourself stress later. You'll thank yourself when you find yourself at sea between 100 similar but distinct faucets in the Home Depot plumbing aisle the night before the plumber is due to come and install. Combat decision fatigue and uncertainty with a personal rallying cry. When you remember that your overall idea for the house was small but beautiful, you can turn down the contractor's offer to be more efficient by adding four extra feet to your new den addition. Whispering vintage Vogue under your breath can stop you from caving in at the big box home store. Write your mantras on an index card, post them on the wall, stick them in your wallet, or save them to your phone background. Don't lose sight of what you know is important. If it all feels like a bit much by the end, I'm also here to offer more hands-on design help, the Mid-Century Solutions Package, my customized master plan service. To take all the guesswork out of this part of the process, I have offered this service for a flat fee of just $2,000. However, due to the demands on my time and my decision to add a few extra elements to the package, in the new year, I'm raising the price. Starting January 2020, if you'd like to secure your spot in the queue, contact me now in 2019 to get your ball rolling at the 2019 price. If you're only catching this episode in 2020, I still believe the package is a great deal for you. Skimping on design in a remodel is pennywise pound foolish. Establishing your design priorities, working with a designer who comes up with ideas you never would have had on your own, these are the things that help make a home update really amazing. Sometimes they even save your money. Designers get paid for ideas, prioritizing and finding the most dramatic moves you can make within your budget. Contractors and suppliers can have their hearts in the right place, but they get paid by volume, and their advice is typically oriented to choose all the things. Plus, having a relationship with a designer at the start of your remodel means you've got a friend in your corner, that's me, to answer any of your questions that come up during the whole process. I'll happily field your questions about product selection, understanding contractor speak, or navigating the permit and inspection process, and I'll be familiar with your home while I do. 
Whether you find a designer to help you pull this all together, or you pull the key components of a master plan out of your own hat, I guarantee that your remodel will be head and shoulders better if you invest that time to make a full master plan before you begin. Don't stint on the process either. Just having a very full Pinterest board is not the same thing. Remember the stakes. Your home is your castle, and remodels are a huge investment of time, energy, emotion, and money. Make it all pay off by starting the process the right way. Your mid-century home will thank you. That's it for season one of Mid-Mod Remodel. I'll be coming back pretty quickly in the new year with some great ideas for how to turn your 2020 resolution energy into results for your mid-century home, so stay tuned. If you've enjoyed this season, I hope you've already become a subscriber. Take a moment and subscribe via any podcast app. I'd also appreciate it so much if you were able to leave a rating or review. Help other Mid-Mod fans discover this show. If you're curious about that mid-century solutions package and want to learn more, remember the clock is ticking on the 2019 price. All you have to do to get your name in line is reach out to me before the end of the decade. Learn more about the package at midmod-midwest.com solutions. Or you can find that info plus links, pictures, and a summary of everything I've just covered in this episode on my website at midmod-midwest.com 107. That's all for now, mid-century friends. Let's chat again in 2020.